Welcome to the Loveland Libcast, the official podcast of the Loveland Public Library. Before we get to today's episode, we'd like to let you know that the Larimer County Health Department will be in the Loveland Public Library lobby on January 11th from 10.30 to 2.30 p.m. to give out vaccine information, answer questions, and schedule vaccination appointments. They will be back at the library on January 14th for their vaccine clinic from 11 a.m. to 2 p.m. for folks who have scheduled an appointment. To learn more, visit larimer.org health. And now for my conversation with Jay. Joining me today for this week's episode of the Loveland Libcast is a returning guest, adult services librarian Jay. Jay, welcome back to the Loveland Libcast. Thanks. Am I the first two-time Libcaster? <laughs> You're not. I no. had. I, yeah. I had. <laughs> no, I, no I wish I had that. <laughs> so, on today's episode, we are going to talk about buzzwords, and buzzwords is our nonfiction book group. We're going to talk about the upcoming slate in the new year, what books they're going to be reading, and we're also going to talk about, since this is going to come out on December 31st, it's right on the doorstep of the new year, so. We'll talk about things that people can expect us to get, what was popular this year a little bit too. Yeah, and so things people can look forward to. Some of this stuff you're going to be able to put on hold right now. Uh, give us a call or jump on your account online. Before we get into all that, I wanted to ask you, Jay, since it's the holiday season, do you have any holiday traditions you do every year or movies you like to watch or anything you do to celebrate I, I don't know if I'd call it a tradition, but I am a sucker for holiday decorations. I spend a fair amount of time putting up the tree, putting up a big old wreath, putting up campy decorations from when I was a, a little kid. We, well, I, yeah, I, I, I spend a lot of time doing that. So yeah, I'm, 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 I'm just kind of a sucker for it. like, like the people who complain about, oh, I can't believe Christmas stuff is already in the stores. I'm the opposite. It's like, all right, here comes, here comes that, uh, the junky artificial trees are coming out and all the Christmas lights are going up. I'm, I'm good with that. I'm do, good with that stuff. Do you do an artificial tree or are yeah. you a, okay. Yeah. Our tree, we have pretty high ceilings in our house. So I was actually looking at our tree the other day. I'm not sure how tall it was. And it's my might sound ridiculous, but I looked at it like if I was shooting a jump shot, is that where the rim would be? Because that would be 10 feet high. And I thought 10 feet seems high, but I do think that so I don't know, we have about a nine or 10 foot tree at our high ceilings. But <laughs> I, I do see the weather's been so nice. So I've been riding my bike up uh, towards Estes and place like that. You see bunches of people with their cut down tree on the top of their uh, roof. So there's definitely people out there who aren't just getting their real trees from lots. There's still people out there who do the go get their permit and go cut down their tree out there but which we used to do when i was a kid we we would actually go to a tree farm in pennsylvania and cut down our own tree and i liked that when i was a kid but there's no denying that 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 a nice artificial tree is so much easier (laughs) and it's still not that easy putting that thing up but it's easier than a natural tree so yeah yeah it's artificial tree for us yeah that's something i family would do when i was younger is get the permit and go and it was kind of a fun I mean, very Christmas vacation-y. <laughs> and I didn't know about that until I moved to Wyoming in the 90s. If you went to go cut down your own tree, 
back in Maryland or Pennsylvania. And there, there might have been more rural areas where you could actually get permit and cut down like a wild tree. But they were, it was tree farms where you go to and you, you, would, you would cut down your own, but they were there to grow Christmas trees. So when I came out here and found out that you can get like a single, you can harvest one tree from a national forest. I, that was, that was news to me. I was, I think that's a big open space, Western U.S. kind of a thing. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's definitely a regional kind of, <laughs> we want to be able to do this and, you know, go out, find the perfect tree and everyone has to agree on it. And right. <laughs> it's an adventure. And people will be listening to this after uh, their trees might still be up, but we will be on the doorstep of New Year's. In fact, this is going to come out on New Year's Eve. Are you a New Year's resolution person? No. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not, not because I don't. I should resolve to improve myself, but... No, I've, it's just, except maybe when I was a little kid, the novelty of it kind of wore off for me. But I, that there's nothing wrong with New Year's resolutions. And we often, down in adult services, will put up a, a New Year's resolution display of books that kind of trades on that for people who want to tackle something new in the new year. We'll have a display of vegetable gardening and uh, crafts and being in good health and travel, stuff like that, where, you know, people think like, you know what, I, I should do this more often. If you pop into the library, you might find something and think, you know what, I'm going to plant an herb garden this year, <laughs> or I'm going to learn how to crochet or something yeah, like that. We'll, yeah. have, we'll have stuff out for you for, for, the, for the New Year's resolution uh, crowd. I'm not really a New Year's resolution person either, but I mean, it's undeniably just a time New Year. Think about what's going to come up and things that you might want to do or try. And, and it's just it's just sort of a mindset because even just resolutions kind of bouncing around, you know, what you're watching or reading or whatever. And so, yeah, seeing a display where you're like, oh, yeah, that's a hobby I've always wanted to do. Maybe now's the time <laughs> to start it. And speaking of the end of the year, how was Buzzwords? This year, I know that you all will be meeting since we're recording this on the 10th. You are going to meet for the final time this upcoming Monday. Is that kind of a reflection on the year? And I think it's this will be the first time that we've had a buzzwords meeting where we're not meeting to discuss whatever book title we're reading. We just kind of ran out of titles this year because we got through, I think we got through three in 2020 before the pandemic. And then when we restarted this year, we kind of went back and started picking up where we left off in 2020. It just didn't add up perfectly. Like we, So we just didn't have one less book for the end of the year. And I think what it's going to turn into, what I've got prepped is more about a discussion of here's a bunch of books. I think I've got 16 books that I'm going to haul over there and I've got little synopsises of them. And I've encouraged you know our regulars, if they've got something to suggest to bring their favorites or just you know put that on their radar and i think we're just going to chat up what we want to do for the summer we've got the first four squared away january february march and april and then we'll pick may through august or september while we're there so there'll still be book discussion-y stuff, but it'll it'll definitely feel a little bit different. Some people have probably read some of the suggestions. Some people probably have suggestions for style of writing that they like or the topics that they like. So probably less of a wrap-up and more of a 
what are we going to do in 2022? Okay, That's yeah. That's what I'm expecting. Yeah, and, and we'll we'll get to the January, February, March, and April titles here in a, in a second. But you all are still kind of setting the table. And you try to get like a consensus of no one's read this and enough people are intrigued to give it a go. Well, it'll, it, this is different. In the past, I always encourage people as much as possible to let me know any suggestions, their feelings about things. Sometimes I'd get an email from someone. We would talk about it maybe for like five minutes before we jump into our book at buzzwords but this will be the first time that there'll be an opportunity to actually sort of like bounce sort of discussion off one another it's like i think this sounds really good it's like well i don't know because we write a book like that and i don't like it that much or everybody will think yeah this look this sounds great this sounds like something i've never read before just sounds like one of my favorite buzzwords books it'll be i'm expecting to be not unlike a regular buzzwords except instead of discussing the themes of a book we're discussing what we think uh, we'll enjoy coming this summer so a lot of open discussions what i'm what i'm looking forward to was there a book this past year that people seemed to engage with more than other or whether they liked it or disliked it that kind of got <laughs> well the engagement's usually pretty similar each time even when sometimes going into a buzzwords i'll think i'm not sure what we're going to talk even if i like the book not every great book is a great book group book and sometimes i'm not so sure and we've always got stuff to talk about we've never like gotten stuck after 30 minutes and just sort of you know like adjourn because we couldn't find it we always go through the entire time and end up going late almost every time but feels like it was like two years ago but it was just earlier this year one of those kind of silver linings that kind of happened with the pandemic was we had Michael Twitty, the author of The Cooking Gene, join us in a Zoom meeting. We had like 30 or 40 people join us, and we probably could not have done that. Before everybody was Zooming everything, we probably would not have been able to invite him here. The logistics and the cost would have been too much to fly in. You know, bringing in an author, you know, that's a major undertaking that we do every year when there's no pandemic with Love and Loves to Read. But Zoom gave us the opportunity to do that. And it was great to have, you know, the author join us and give us insight into his book. The Cooking Gene was about the author, Michael Twitty. He does historically accurate reenactments is the right word, but he he recreates sort of the culinary world of the deep south in like antebellum you know slavery and post-slavery and he's very authentic you know uses period correct tools and recipes and things like he's very passionate about and he's very passionate about his own like as he does that sort of research does his own sort of family history and genealogy research so it was it was a really interesting talk and we would not have had the opportunity to do that in person so that one really sort of that one kind of sticks out as that was something that was something special that we got to do this year. Yeah. Anytime you have an opportunity to engage with the actual author of something, it is a special opportunity. And for folks who don't know, Buzzwords is our nonfiction book group that meets at Verboten Brewing. And they meet from 6.30 to 8 on the last Monday of the month. There's no registration required. It's nonfiction and informal. It's kind of a fun, casual way to discuss nonfiction. And then coming up, so January 31st, you all are meeting to talk about Nomadland by Jessica Bruder. February 28th. You all are meeting to talk about Born a Crime by Trevor Noah from The Daily Show. March 28th, you all are meeting to talk about The Biggest Bluff by Maria Konnikova. And then April 25th, you all are meeting 
to talk about Four Lost Cities by Anna Lee Newitz. So that's the upcoming schedule for those dates, 6.30 to 8 at Verboten Brewing. And you all must have picked those for a few months ago in kind yeah. of a similar roundtable process. Yeah, for a couple at uh, Nomadland and Born a Crime, there was a lot of enthusiasm for them from the group. You know, we wanted to get a couple picked right away because it takes a while for us to buy the books. And sometimes people have to put the books on hold. So, we, you know, we want to make sure we've got them at least a few months ahead of time. The Biggest Bluff is one that I added... I was just going through lists of like best recent nonfiction and the author, I don't remember exactly what her, I think she's a PhD, but it's something in like the field of psychology. And she sort of jumped into Texas Hold'em poker, which kind of had a big peak a few years ago where they started, you know, telecasting poker on ESPN and some poker players became, you know, more mainstream celebrities. And she sort of jumped, she didn't even know how to play poker. She didn't know how many cards were in a deck. And she wanted to learn from poker about things like risk and chance and stuff like that so there's a lot about poker in there but it's peppered with these other things like these things that happen in our lives and things that happen in you like you know when you your spouse loses their job or something like that like how much can you control and how much can't you control and it's all sort of viewed through the spectrum of high stakes poker which i thought was really interesting and then four lost cities is one that amy one of our colleagues suggested which i haven't read yet but it sounds similar to really popular books like Collapse by Jared Diamond or Guns, Germs, and Steel, Hot, Flat, and Crowded, those books about like how civilization sort of molded us through the years and why some fail. Like, this sort of sounds like Collapse by Jared Diamond about like these were massive metropolitan areas in the ancient sense and somehow they disappeared. And it's about that sort of like archaeological research and then viewing that through the spectrum of cities today and, you know, the changing world today with climate change and politics and stuff like that. So that's what we're expecting from from those. When I was helping put together some of the promotional stuff for this, yeah, the biggest bluff really kind of stood out to me. At least the back of the book explanation did talk a lot about dealing with chance and change and control and those all seem super relevant right now about yeah and what i like about the biggest bluff why i picked it after reading it is what i think makes it really good at least for buzzwords this is probably true of just about any any book group what makes for a really great book group book is that there's a compelling story but then there are also themes that you can discuss around that like we're not just going to talk about poker for 90 minutes there's some stuff to talk about poker when somebody tries to suck her in and she's by like, oh, the, this sweet old man won't bluff me. And then boom, takes all of her money. He's like, okay, that's a lesson learned. <laughs> but then there's exactly as you said, there's stuff. It's about like risk and life and taking chances and things like that. So there's a lot more to talk about. You know, her experience in poker is the springboard to talk about all sorts of other themes. And that's how a good buzzwords works is that we don't just stick lock, stock and barrel to the story. The story allows us to talk about all sorts of things and then sometimes we need to sort of rotate back you can keep going off on a tangent so far you get so far away it's like oh no wait now we need to go back to honestly some of the buzzwords attendees are better at that than i am like i'll ride the wave with them off into who knows where and then somebody will say uh, so getting back to the book (laughs) 
and we sort of restart from there. But that's what makes Buzzwords great, is that it, that a really good book gives us tons and tons of stuff to, to talk about. Yeah. So and that's I, what I'm looking for. And Nomadland's the same way. It's not just about... I haven't seen the movie. I've heard the movie's quite a bit different, but the foundation of Nomadland are sort of a lot of retirees, people who follow jobs, the Amazon camper force, I think they call them. You know, they have these RV and camping cities where people... Right now, they're working there because it's the holiday season. They work for like three months. You know, people go to agricultural areas when it's harvest time and drive trucks. There's all sorts of a variety of different things that these people do that are the theme of the book. So with that one, there's lots of talk about socioeconomic issues and, you know, retirement and aging. There's all sorts of stuff that, you know, like I was saying, in in a good buzzwords book, there's multiple themes that we that we explore and nomad land i'd heard about it but yeah i kind of keyed in on that too of just thinking about working remotely and what that's gonna mean going forward where people live and how they can engage with their job and what that job will look like and where that means you can live if your home is mobile that kind of thing yeah this sounds like a pretty <laughs> pretty awesome slate and then i would assume that born a crime sounds really interesting if you know anything about uh trevor noah's life and i'm sure it's there's humor in it the story when it's explained to you, it doesn't necessarily sound really, <laughs> you know, prime for, right. for comedy, that, but knowing his personality and who he is, I'm sure that it is. And that's what I, I, I haven't read that one yet. That's what I'm interested in, how he presents that life as, you know, coming from South Africa, from an interracial couple and how you go for just that alone right there sounds like a story oh by the way he ended up in the united states and on comedy central every single night so yeah i'm interested in how he sort of presents what i'm sure will be some tough exploring tough topics from from how a comedian lived it that'll be interesting and just to let people know as well about our read more which is a different book group they mostly read fiction but they do read some nonfiction too but it's a different book group and you all can i'll put a link to their page on our website people can get more dates for when they're meeting and what they're all about but upcoming in january early january they're reading rules of civility and then in february they're reading the color of air and in march salt houses and in april chief left hand so i'll put a link to that as well as buzzwords so you all can have those exact dates and titles and authors and everything and then i also wanted to talk to you about new books and what's been popular at the library since this is coming out at the end of the year People can look forward to some of the new things that you can put on hold now or just anticipate that we are going to get. And I'll start with, this is in the current program guide. Shout out to Carla for making these. They're they're awesome. You can pick them up pretty much any desk at the library or ask someone on staff where one is and then you can see what we've got going on for those couple of months, what each department is doing, events, programs, services, all that good stuff. The most checked out items of 2021. We have a video game. uh, And yes, we do have video games here. Devil May Cry 5. And then there's a movie, The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly. The Book 20 by James Grappondo. Ruin and Rising by Leigh Bardugo. And 
The Incredibles Lego video game for Switch. It looks like a children's book in the past and then a Digimon DVD, I'm guessing. So those are the (laughs) seven most checked out items of 2021. If anyone had those that they were going to guess, then (laughs) you you know more than I do. Yeah, if you got got a bingo on that, you should come apply at the library. (laughs) We we want your insight. (laughs) And so you're part of, not just a part of, you're a main contributor to the collection in adults. Just to give people a a little bit of behind the scenes here, so what is it like purchasing for the collection, or how do you go about that? Some of it is, there's some items that we're obviously going to get. You don't have to think hard about if you're going to get a Star Wars movie or a James Patterson book. We know we are. It's a little tricky sometimes deciding how many you're going to get. Things kind of, you know, they're very popular when they're new and then they kind of run their course. So, you know, there's some decision making there, but there's some subjectivity to it where you sort of get a feeling for what Loveland library patrons are interested in. But we're not just shopping on Amazon or Barnes & Noble. Like we shop through vendors and they give us tools so we know when something is there are signs of something's popularity before it comes out like we don't wait until something hopefully we don't wait until something shows up on the new york times bestseller to buy it we know ahead of time that we're going to have those we're going to have those books in the catalog and then in collection basically as soon as they're as soon as they're released sometimes funny stuff happens where i've you know looked for a book and thought "Mm, i don't know that's kind of borderline i'm not sure Maybe I'll skip that one or okay, I guess I'll get a copy and then something happens where it either just rides its own momentum or it's on NPR or Oprah says something or Reese Witherspoon picks it and it goes crazy. That That's what happened with Where the Crawdads Sing a few years ago. That was just a good popular book. And then that's had the most demand for the last five like we we had hundreds and hundreds of holds on it for months and months and months and months we ended up buying i don't like a dozen copies or something it was just it just had this enduring popularity that few books have so sometimes we have to react but usually for the most part if there's a book that you're interested in as long as it's not something really obscure or arcane uh, we're gonna have it ready to go right around its release date you probably won't see it on the shelf because somebody's gonna have it on hold when something's new you know people they'll find it in the catalog and when it comes in the door there's already a hold for it so it goes straight to the hold shelf and and gets checked out but we've got i'd say 90 percent of what's popular we've got ready to go within a few days of its of its official release date that's a great point thank you for bringing that up if folks know something's coming out soon or they they know it's out either check online check our catalog online it's probably going to be there and you can put a hold on it or you can always talk to a librarian here and we'll help you do that as well we do have the lucky day shelf where those ones don't go on hold sometimes it can be your lucky day and you'll see it and you'll be able to check it out then yeah and we try to get you know those are ones that have long holds use those lucky day we have those both for books and dvds they have short check you can't put them on hold and they have short checkouts it's basically like hey you got lucky you normally have to wait three or four weeks for this, but here it is. Check it out, but get it back quick. I think the DVDs check out for three days and the books check out for a week, I think. I hope I'm remembering that right, but there's there's shorter checkouts, so you can, you know, like I say, if it's your lucky day, you can grab something that's really popular right on that day and get it back in a hurry. And that shelf is right as you walk in past the customer service desk where all the other new stuff is, you'll see the lucky day shelf. And I, I've helped people 
they've come in looking for something where I knew <laughs> as soon as they asked, this is a super popular one. And then it just so happened to be there. So it does happen. But yes, we do have the newest stuff, the latest and greatest. You're just probably going to see it in the catalog and want to put it on hold as opposed to coming into the library and being able to grab it right off the shelf. And it's, it's something like a month ahead of time where we'll have items in the catalog. So like if something has a, you know, is coming out on, if there's something that's coming out in early, mid Jan well, we're recording this on second week of December, but if you're listening to this first week of January, there are books that books and movies that won't be coming out until February that are already in the catalog that you can you can place on hold. So if you've got your ear to the ground about when you know something's coming out, keep an eye on the catalog and you can get it on hold ahead of time and get it as quickly as possible. And that is a great segue to are there any books or movies or anything that you know are going to be big that are coming out soon that people can probably already find on there? A few movies that I know we have in the catalog now. I don't know if these even have release dates yet. Lots of times, I mean, you know a movie is eventually coming out. If it's in the theater, it'll eventually come out on DVD, but they don't, you know, it depends on the popularity in the theater. You know, if something stays in the theater for four months, then the DVD is going to be pushed back. So I don't even know if there are release dates for these, but I know we've already got them on order and in the catalog. The latest James Bond, No Time to Die, that's in the catalog. I think that's Daniel Craig's last uh, go around is James Bond. The new Ghostbusters, that one is already in the catalog. I hear that one for if you're of a certain age, like let's say my age, that that one's a little bit of a tearjerker. Is what oh. I heard. I, yeah, <laughs> a lot of this, that, you know, Harold Ramis is gone. Oh and, yeah, and that, yeah. So I, you know, but, yeah, that's I don't know. I don't know anything about it other than uh, yeah. We'll just yeah, let's be ready for that for a little, <laughs> a little lump in your throat at the end of that one. And Dune's another big one. Probably shortly after this drops, probably in January, I'm going to guess Dune is likewise on the catalog. I think I'm first on the list uh, for that one. I mean, no big deal, but yeah, <laughs> I, I, sometimes you have the inside track. For, <laughs> that's for that's the, right. Since I'm the one who bought it, right? I was. Yeah. Like, I was that on hold, so I'm, so I'm number one. But I promise I'll get it back right away for the for number forever second on the list. One element to all this too is the streaming platforms because they don't often, or increasingly, I should say, they don't necessarily put their stuff out on DVD quickly at all. Or we just don't know. Yeah. So that's that's one of those things we run into. And it has nothing to do with our capacity to get this stuff. It's just that they want you to have those streaming platforms to watch it and not. Yeah, some, some things that, you know, they're Netflix exclusive. Or, you know, there's so many streaming platforms now. They just don't come out on DVD. But sometimes they do. The I didn't expect to see it on DVD. It was a little later than like a normal cycle it would be but the irishman which i think was netflix maybe it was amazon i don't remember is one of one of the major streaming services the irishman wasn't on dvd until it was it was like six months maybe close to a year till after it came out on netflix they did release it on dvd so here at the library we're still sort of along for the ride seeing how those companies like netflix and apple and amazon you know how they're going to handle you know releasing their items after probably they've run their like greatest popularity on their streaming service We'll, we'll just sort of have to wait and see how they how they handle that. And I just want to mention one more PSA about two things. One, if there is something you think that we should have that we don't, it's not in our catalog, or maybe you've spoken with a librarian and they say, oh, this isn't in, you can go into your account and request that we purchase that material too. That is a feature on your account when you go to the catalog and get into your account. It's on their request material. And I think you can do 
whatever you're searching for at the bottom of whatever the catalog finds, there's a little, it's really small. It's actually too small. It should be larger because we want to respond to what people want, what their requests, but it's all the way at the bottom. And it says, didn't find what you're looking for, request material or requested here or something like that. And then there's just a form you fill out. The more information you have, the better. It makes it easier for us, but you can always request something as long as it's not, you know, some textbook from 1986 or something like that. Like as long as it's something contemporary that belongs in a public library, we'll almost always get it. And it's not a guarantee, but it will be reviewed by a human being, by a librarian. It's not just going to go into the void of the internet. A librarian will review it and then be able to determine whether or not we can get it and if it should be in our collection. But that is a good way to help steer us in those directions if you don't see something. And then the other thing I wanted to mention, people might already be used to this, but when you log into your, or try to log into your account now, there is a PIN number, and just to let you all know, the default is the last four digits of the phone number that we have for you. So if you have encountered that, or you haven't used your account in a little bit, that PIN number just started this week, and that's how you'll get in. It's just an extra layer of security, and you can always give us a call too if you have questions about that or want to change it or something like that. And then, so at the end, I usually ask what people are reading or watching that they want to recommend, but you have to <laughs> read the books for buzzwords. So I'm guessing that's what you've been reading. Yeah, it gets mixed in with other stuff. Honestly, late in the year, I've been trying to read. It's like, maybe this is a good buzzwords one. Maybe this is a good buzzwords one. And some, I, I, maybe not so much. But The Biggest Bluff was one of those. Like, let me read this and see if it's a good buzzwords one. And I thought it was great. So that one ended up there. Nomadland was, this, I mean, Nomadland was suggested by more than one of the buzzwords attendees. So that one, and the familiarity of its name, since it was a, I don't know if it won Best Picture, it was definitely nominated. I don't remember. But those are two recent ones that I've read. And as just kind of bonus that they're buzzwords books, but I thought Nomadland and Biggest Bluff were, they were both great. They were really interesting. And I do when... I'm helping people find things to read. I will use buzzwords, especially if they say nonfiction and a recommendation. I will take them to, we usually have a buzzwords display up or a handout or something. I'll show them that because these have kind of already been vetted by people and there's a great variety of them. So even if you're just someone who enjoys nonfiction, it's worth looking at what buzzwords is reading just to see what's out there, get some different ideas for titles. If you read it, you're, you don't have to... <laughs> come to the book group, but it just might be something that you think, oh yeah, that does sound interesting. And then maybe you do want to go chat about it with some folks and then you can come to Buzzwords too. We'd love to have you. All right. That does it for this episode of the Loveland Libcast. I hope you all have a happy new year and you've been having a great holiday season. Jay, thank you for coming back. Maybe you'll be the first three-time returning guest on the podcast. Thank you for having me. I, I will count on being... <laughs> the, first, the, first, the first three times big, big winner all right <laughs> thank you all for listening and i will talk to you later bye thank you for listening to this episode of the loveland libcast if you'd like to contact us about the podcast please reach out to daniel at daniel.tate at cityofloveland.org that's d-a-n-i-e-l dot t-a-t-e at cityofloveland.org. See you next time.